Welcome to Pro Life in 7 Minutes, the show where I spend over 20 minutes teaching you how you can persuade a pro choice person in only 7. I'm your host, Katherine Burrow. I'm the co founder and executive director of the Abortion Dialogue Academy, also known as ADA. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. So, <laughs> I am just getting over being sick. So, if I sound a little bit stuffy in today's episode, that is why. But I still wanted to, despite me not feeling well, record a podcast episode for this week, which is going to be on how do you respond when a pro choice person tells you that men should not have an opinion on the abortion issue? A lot of times I actually hear pro choice men saying this on campus, they'll say something to the effect of, well, I'm just a guy, so I feel like it's not really my place to say, which I always find a little funny that they use the I'm not supposed to have an opinion as the argument for their existing opinion, which is pro-choice. But I totally get why they're doing this because I think a lot of us want to stay neutral on controversial topics because we just don't want to get yelled at. In fact, I've even heard women promote the same argument. They don't say, I don't feel like I should have an opinion because I'm a man, but they do say something more to the effect of, well, I just don't really feel like I should tell other people what they can and can't do. And this actually brings me to a very interesting side tangent. So I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, I was a little nervous for how conversations were going to be on campus afterwards. I mean, I was afraid that they were going to resemble social media and people were going to be absolutely crazy and way more aggressive than they have been historically. We've just hired our new Nebraska programs coordinator. Her name is Connie. And we've been out on campus for about two weeks now, probably talked to about 20 or so pro-choice people in the process of training her for her new position with us. And I was very pleased to discover that pro-choice people in real life are the same as they've always been. I mean, most of the people we've talked to have been very calm, very agreeable. A lot of them have reference dobs. They feel like the fact that we're on campus talking about this issue, it feels very current to them. It makes a lot of sense to them. But I've not seen really any uptick in aggression or dogmaticness or any of that. In fact, if anything, the pro-choice people feel a little bit scared to me. Not scared like we're winning, they're losing scared, but scared more like, is this person who's approaching me about this controversial topic going to yell at me like the internet has been yelling at each other? Like the analogy that actually came to my head was like that of like a wild animal. Like sometimes we see an animal like a bear and we're like, oh, so terrifying. But sometimes that bear is just as scared of us as we are of them. All of our volunteers are always afraid when they have their first conversation that they're going to get yelled at. Well, on the flip side, a lot of the pro-choice people are scared that we're going to yell at them. My new Nebraska programs coordinator, Connie, one of the things she commented on is how much I will use humor in conversations on this topic. And I realized that part of the reason I do that is just to reassure the pro-choice person that like, hey, I'm not going to yell at you just because you tell me you don't agree with what I just said. I want you to tell me you don't agree with what I said, because if the pro-choice person doesn't feel comfortable enough to tell you what they really think, you're not going to be able to address what they really think and have a productive, persuasive conversation. So I always want to put the pro-choice person at ease. I always want to let them know like, hey, I'm friendly. I'm not going to yell at you. And a lot of times they reciprocate that. So if you are sitting there and the only pro-choice people you ever interact with are the ones on social media, I have some good news for you. Social media is still not real. 
And all hope is not lost. There are still rational, sane people in this world that we can persuade to be pro-life. While Connie and I were on campus, one thing we did notice is that we were coming across this, I'm a man, I shouldn't have an opinion argument quite a bit. So that was kind of the nudge I think I needed to finally make a podcast episode on it. Now, I am obviously a woman, so I have never personally been told that I'm not allowed to have an opinion on the abortion issue because of my gender. But I can imagine for my male volunteers and maybe some of my male listeners, the first time you're told this, it's probably a very perplexing experience because this whole concept of men shouldn't have an opinion on abortion is fundamentally a circumstance argument, which means that it doesn't make any sense unless you're looking at the abortion issue from the pro-choice perspective. So in season one, episode five, I talked about the three different types of pro-choice arguments. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen to it. And one of the three is a circumstance argument. So a circumstance argument assumes that the fetus is not a person. And you can always tell when something is a circumstance argument because if this logic was applied to someone we know to be a person, like a newborn, it doesn't make any sense. And this is totally true with this concept of men shouldn't have an opinion. Like, let's imagine a man had a female friend who had a baby and she was going to murder her newborn child. No man would look at that woman and say, you're a woman. You carried that baby for nine months. You fed it with your body. Like, who am I to really tell you what you can and can't do? I just feel like I shouldn't really have an opinion on infanticide. Only women should really get to have an opinion on infanticide because, you know, only women can be mothers. Now, obviously, no one would say I shouldn't have an opinion on infanticide because I'm a man because a newborn is a person and it should obviously be illegal to kill an innocent person. I mean, everyone should hold the opinion that it should be illegal to kill an innocent newborn baby. And that's why this concept of I'm a man, I shouldn't have an opinion is fundamentally a circumstance argument because it only makes sense if you're assuming the fetus is not a person. So like all circumstance arguments, what you have to do in order to respond to this idea is you have to show the project person the assumption that they're making, that they're assuming that the fetus is not a person and that their logic wouldn't make any sense if there was a person involved. And the way you do that is just with a modified version of our circumstance response. I covered circumstance arguments in season one, episode six. So you can go back and review that for more information. But essentially what you say is more or less the analogy I gave earlier in the episode. Imagine there was a woman who wanted to kill her newborn baby. We would all agree that men should be allowed to have an opinion on that. They should be allowed to say that should be illegal, even though they're men, because that newborn is an innocent person. So do you see how at whatever point the fetus becomes a person like the newborn, men should be allowed to have an opinion on abortion. They should be allowed to say like, hey, it should be illegal to have an abortion because at that point it would be killing an innocent person. And this leads us to the first question we ask in our personhood section, which is what do you think the fetus would need to be legally considered a person like the newborn? Because when a pro-choice man or even pro-choice woman says to you, men shouldn't have an opinion on abortion, it's because they're assuming that the fetus is not a person. And what you really need to be talking to them about is personhood. What makes us a person? 
Now, my last piece of advice is going to be for all my male listeners. If you're ever in a conversation with somebody who is adamant that you are not allowed to have an opinion on the abortion topic because of your gender. Now, this piece of advice actually comes from my husband, a pro-life man, and this is something I've seen him do on campus when he comes across someone who's particularly belligerent that as a man, he should not be out there promoting the pro-life position and talking to people about abortion. So what he would do to quickly silence that opposition is he would bring up voting. He'd say, okay, but I think we'd both agree that as a citizen, I have a civic duty to vote. So I therefore think I need to be informed on controversial topics like abortion because I need to vote on them. And part of being informed is talking to people who don't agree with me on this topic. So let's talk about it. For all my male listeners, next time you're in a scenario where a pro-choice person is telling you adamantly that you're not allowed to talk about abortion, you're not allowed to be pro-life, you're not allowed to have an opinion on this issue, try that voting response and see how quickly that changes the tone of the conversation. Because after all, it's kind of silly to tell half the population that they're not allowed to have an opinion or discuss one of the most pressing, controversial, and relevant issues in America today. So that concludes this week's episode. Next week's episode is going to be on animal rights and infanticide. People always ask me, what do you do if the person you're talking to thinks that animals are people and should have the same rights as you and I? Or on the flip side, what do you do if the purchase person supports infanticide and thinks it's okay to kill newborns? So we're going to talk about that in next week's episode. So tune in to learn more. If you liked today's episode, you can help support the channel by leaving us a five-star review. Make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, sign up for our podcast email list on our website. That's www.abortiondialogacademy.org slash podcast. That way you get all the training exercises from the show delivered right to your inbox. Now I will see all of you next Saturday as I continue to teach you how you can persuade someone to be pro-life in seven minutes. Until next week, God bless.